Man, you're getting killed out there. <sighs> Tell me about it. I feel like Rocky after 15 rounds with Apollo Creed. Speaking of Rocky, did you know that Sylvester Stallone wrote the first draft of the movie in like three days? Did you know that Sylvester Stallone permanently flattened out his knuckles from punching the side of beef? What about Burgess Meredith? He had lived his line in the audition, which landed him the role of Mickey. Or that a destitute Sylvester Stallone turned down $350,000 because the studio didn't want him starring in it? <gasps> well, you can find this out and much, much more by listening to Rocky Minute, the fan podcast that covers the Rocky movies one minute at a time. You can find us on DuelingGenre.com. Now get back out there and knock this bum out. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one battlefield stare down at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. <laughs> Cue the, what's it, Ennio Morricone? Yeah. <laughs> just turns into a spaghetti western. Yeah, you just, the good, the bad, and the ugly theme just starts playing. <laughs> Aragorn slips aside his leather coat oh to, my reveal, God. to reveal his hunting knife. Hell yeah. <laughs> Who do we have with us today? Uh, joining us again today is Doug Greenberg from Rocky Minute. Hello. That was the earliest tangent. <laughs> you tangented before the intros were even done. That was great. <laughs> well, that happened last week some too. I think one of the episodes last week with Niall, we talked for 10-ish minutes before I introduced the minute. Oh my god. This is what happens when I leave. <laughs> we were just talking about like the movie in general and then... Oh, yeah, by the way, today we're talking about Minute whatever. Uh, so today we're talking about Minute 169. Nice. Which which starts with the men of Rohan on the parapet looking like they're about to drop the Bomb Strap album of, yeah, dude. of the Third Age. And it ends with Aragorn so stepping joke. forward out of the line. <laughs> the Bomb track. Oh, man, the sickest beats in Middle Earth. That was great. It's the, yeah, man, those orc war drums—they just—they're a good backdrop for a freestyle. <laughs> they're really one, not. At that all. one guy, like four guys over, just like he does not have time for this at all. Just one of these guys is just the way he's looking at the camera is just like I—I I really can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. <laughs> Like, all the weight of when Theoden says, how did it come to this? That guy is shouldering the same burden. <laughs> and he's just not about this. How did it come to this? Because he's, like, frowning. He's looking almost directly at the camera. He's, like, the broodiest brood to ever brood. <laughs> like, he gives Aragorn a run for his money, and that's saying something. Mm-hmm. I know, because we just saw Aragorn brooding last week. Yeah. Just smoking a pipe on the steps of Elm's Deep. No, he wasn't even smoking. He should have been. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Just sitting there, looking at everyone getting ready to die. I don't know. Broody Aragorn (laughs) is like peak Aragorn. (laughs) I like Broody Aragorn so much that I tried to brood like Aragorn when I was was like 20 (laughs) 20 years old. (laughs) Just sitting in front of a campfire, smoking a pipe. I used to act as if there was a camera on me at all times. I'm, I'm such a douche. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I better brood. People oh are watching. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah.
That's incredible. Just slightly pout, narrow <laughs> your eyes, look off into the middle distance. Oh, yeah. There's a lot Amen. of looking off, pretending like I was in slow motion, like where my unzipped sweatshirt would blow behind me. Uh, <laughs> looking past people while you talk to them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. This is That's like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> right, I always feel like a superhero in the. I always feel like a superhero when the wind is like blowing my my long winter coat behind me. Oh, yeah, God. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like you're in your own little movie. It's like I'm off to do something great, but really, I'm just walking to work. Well, it's just like the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. You put on your sunglasses in slow motion. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Or take them off. Mirror really shades slowly. make it better. <laughs> they always do. Oh, man. So, so this minute is almost exactly just a. It's very uh, light. Just a stare down. The orcs come to a stop. I always imagine that orc on the rock has a horn, but he just shouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just like howls, and I'm just like, oh, okay. He sounds like a horn. It yeah. sounds like a horn. Yeah, it does. It's like. I mean, is this one of the elephant noises that they used for for stuff? I don't know. It's just like it doesn't sound like an elephant, man. But they used all kinds of animal noises for the urukai. Yeah. So this is probably just some animal noise, some bird or something. What? What kind of bird? Okay, <laughs> if I was in the forest and a bird sound like that, I would run. I don't know what a hornbill sound like. Don't they like shriek really in a really low tone? Oh, I don't know. But you could take the like a regular. If you took a like a. I don't want to say a regular bird noise that we know, but like an exotic bird noise and like either slowed it way down or dropped the, uh, or the register on it. Just like pitched it, it down, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can make a creepy sound out of it. Elephants, any animal. It isn't, sounds... Isn't the Nazgul like a donkey? Isn't it a uh, donkey no. Sound? The Nazgul is actually Peter Jackson's wife screaming. Oh, oh that's right. That scream was made by Fran. <laughs> it's made by a human person. <laughs> yep. There's a, a very human person sound. The orc actually sounds That's terrifying. like we were talking about Jurassic Park. We were talking about Jurassic Park, I think, yesterday, maybe, mm-hmm. or day before. It sounds like the T-Rex. I think they used a lot of aquatic animal sounds for the dinosaurs. What is this, like a seal? Maybe. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I, I think they used a lot of aquatic animal sounds for the dinosaurs. Mm. Like whales and stuff. Mm-hmm. Our, our dude Which sounds, makes sense to me. Our dude sounds like a, a T-Rex to me. Mm. Yeah, it does kind of sound like a like a Jurassic Park dinosaur roar, just a little. Yeah, like the guy in the bathroom stall and the that is no orc just horn. Screams. <laughs> Where is the orc horn? Where's an orc horn yeah, when you need it? Have horns? Right, like the the line <laughs> that is no orc horn sets That's, you up yeah. to think that you're going to see an orc horn. Ooh, do we ever? Chekhov's orc horn, so. maybe. <laughs> Set up and then just. Just oh, you know, there. we see we see some on the gates of Mordor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They blow horns for the, the trolls to start opening the gate. Yeah. Mm. You know the um when they cut to they cut to the women and children underneath, and they show this girl, mm-hmm. this blonde haired girl, uh, at about mm-hmm. ten seconds in, does she not look like a female child Carl Urban to anybody else? <laughs> or is it just it's me? funny you say that because the the boy and the girl with the curly hair are actually Peter Jackson's children. Oh, yeah, the little blonde girl and then the boy with the curly yeah. hair mm. are Peter Jackson's kids. The ones being held by the the blonde woman with the very straw like hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, that's the second cameo from Peter Jackson's kids. Yeah, is there a third one? I don't know. We'll have to I don't know if there's a third them. one in Return of the King. Peter Jackson's in all three movies. He has a cameo in all three. What? Was he an orc in this one, or has his... No, I, I think he's... He, I'm pretty sure he's here in the battle. Okay. Like, I'm pretty sure that he's just one of the guys that gets cadetted by the Urukai. Cadetted? Yeah. <laughs> he took Is a page out of Stanley's term? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that he just... He gets killed by one of the Urukai mm. in this scene. He's not Wilhelm Scream guy, right? No, the Wilhelm Scream guy's an or- uh, an elf, right? Yes. An elf makes that noise, and he shouldn't. An, yeah. an elf should never Wilhelm Scream. <laughs> He should stoically fall to his death. Yeah, absolutely. No elf ever made such an ungainly noise. No. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been crazy if they'd given the Wilhelm scream to Haldir? No! Oh, no! 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 <laughs> Too soon. Too early. We haven't even gotten there yet, and I'm already upset. I'm glad I don't have that minute. I'm sad thinking about it. Pour some out. Well, we can. So, yeah, then the, the army stare down begins. The Urkai all stop. Yeah. And we see Aragorn walking behind the line of elves. I think there's a couple of women extras peppered in with the, the elven yeah, extras here. I think so, too. I think this we is. We know the that f- they used women for extras in Rohan. Right. And there's probably. And we were fairly certain when we talked about it at the Black Gates that at least one of those two extras that approaches Frodo and Sam is probably a woman. Oh, yeah, the, the warriors from the east. The Haradrim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not the Haradrim, the, the men of Rune. Mm. The Haradrim are the other ones that we see later with Faramir. Mm. The one with the elephants. Yeah. But seeing the frightened women and children here is what I was talking about earlier, which triggers my mm-hmm. my parental you know, uh, feelings here. Um, like I said, Thaden, you can risk yourself and risk the lives of your men, but, I mean, this is what you're really protecting, right? Mm-hmm. Your future. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm surprised that in the cutaways to the caves, we do not see Eowyn at all. Yeah, I always have felt that that's a little weird, too. Though the babies are very cute. Yes. Peter Jackson just wanted to show off his kids more. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at them. They're so cute. <laughs> and it's breaking my heart because they're scared and I know that they're going to die. Uh-huh. So stop showing well, me these scared women the, uh, and children. <laughs> man, like, that just makes it so much worse that they were thinking initially of doing a scene of orcs getting into the no, caves and they no. fighting. The one that gets me the most is the the really, t- like, the infant. Yeah, it's being cradled. And, yeah. You know, it's a baby. It doesn't, it doesn't know to be scared. Right? It's just there. Mm. Uh... The, what I what I really want to see is more of brooding Aragorn at the end of this minute. <laughs> not just not a the really scared extended <laughs> moment. Not the scared women and children. Show me more Aragorn. I know, just like in the rain with like his hair blowing. Oh man, in that face, that angry. He's angry. Mm-hmm. Show them no mercy. Yeah. What does he say in Elvish? Mm-hmm. For you shall receive Sindarin. none. Yeah. In Sindarin. These were subtitled uh, in the theaters, right? Yeah, yeah. the The copy that we that we have to pass Unfortunately, around does not have, does not have subtitles. subtitles. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have extended <laughs> Elvish because I, I'd be like, what? Yeah, there Can was a whole week where, where we had like just Elvish, and we were just like, um, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, this is a this is a pretty light minute. We just get to see some scans of the armies, the beginning of like a pep talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not even really much of a pep talk. It's just a kill these bitches because that's all they're going to do to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a no quarter. a little calm before the storm. I mean, it was very calm before, but now it's like it's going to kick off any minute. The tension's mm-hmm. ramped up for me. Yeah, we're we're almost to we're almost there. There's a there's some great shots of Urukai faces coming in the next minute. Mm. But these uh all these all these orcs. The best Urukai stuff is after I leave you guys next week with some of the weirdest like mouth movements. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, those are a lot of those are apparently puppets. A lot of those like close up Urukai crazy faces. Mm-hmm. Some oh, of them cool. are puppets. That's yeah, awesome. I can't. Yeah, I said there's no way can't, a person isn't going to do it. No, <laughs> but that's for your like next a weird guest. Bilbo puppet from Fellowship. Oh, God. <laughs> that's the most messed up puppet show. <laughs> Just that that uh the weird Bilbo puppet, like the ring, like the ring possessed Bilbo, and like these Urukai. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, welcome to Middle Earth. <laughs> that's the most like that's like some Five Nights at Freddy's stuff right there. <laughs> Did they they made a puppet out of that face? That Bilbo? Yeah, the Bilbo face. There's a bust of it. There's just oh, yeah. like Jesus. Which it's not a fully digit that is a like a photographed puppet or a photographed bust. Yeah, with like the the like bulging eyes and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which apparently Ian Holm took. That's so scary. Yeah, who would want that so in their house? Scary. <laughs> Ian, Ian Holm apparently. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that scared the crap out of me when I the first time I saw this. <laughs> I bet it scared the crap out of a lot of people, mostly children that were just absolutely not ready for that. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I was because in the in the book, I think it's just described as a shadow came over Bilbo's face, mm-hmm. and they took mm-hmm. some liberties there. <laughs> Did they ever? <laughs> this um, fellowship came out in ninety ninety nine. Oh one. Right? Oh one. Oh oh, jeez, I'm thinking of prequels again. Fellowship came out in oh one. <laughs> Jesus, I was. I was 23. You know, I didn't even see, I didn't see, all right, here's, I'll give you my Lord of the Rings story. I never read any of the novels like back in high school. I know that was like a big thing for reading assignments, but um, it was somewhere in between Two Towers and Return of the King that my friend was like telling me, he's like, you have to watch uh, these movies. So he brought the the DVDs over to my house. We sat and one day we watched um, we watched Fellowship and we watched Two Towers. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is the most amazing crap I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> so I went out and I bought like the book trilogy. And it was like seriously two months away from the release of Return of the King. And I read all mm-hmm. three of them in preparation for the release of Return of the King, the movie. So I can go see it in the theater after already having read, having read the book. Nice. And it was awesome. I, it was, there was something <laughs> like it was, um, reading Fellowship and Two Towers after I had already seen the movie was, it was, it was a cool experience, but reading Return of the King and then anticipating like how they were going to play that out on screen was mm-hmm. like, I, I could not wait. I couldn't wait. So, uh, yeah. Love the movies. I only you know. re- read the books once, not a dozen and a half. <laughs> Seeing Return of the King in theaters was definitely like a really defining cinematic experience for me. I'm really sad mm-hmm. that I missed all of these movies in theaters. 
just the energy from the people when I saw Return of, every time I saw Return of the King in theaters was like so invested in what was going on. People were so drawn into the movie. Mm-hmm. More so than pretty much any other movie I've gone and seen, except for when I saw um I don't know, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Force, was, Awakens, Force Awakens was pretty intense. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. The Dark Knight was also people oh, were yeah, super yeah, yeah, invested yeah, yeah. in that movie. Those are like benchmarks for me as far as how invested the audience I saw the movie with were. Mm. It was like Force Awakens and Dark Knight and Return of the King. Yeah. Like I've never been in a movie theater where people have cheered as hard as they did as when I finished when Return of the King finished. Mm. It was insane. Like That's they cheered cool. way louder than people did when I when Force Awakens finished, when <laughs> yeah. I went and saw Force Awakens. That's awesome. It's like the perfect wrap up to the story. I was, mm-hmm. you know, even throughout Fellowship of the Ring, because say, again, I, I saw the movies before I read the book. So the entire way through Fellowship, I'm watching it and I'm like, all right, Aragorn's going to like die saving Frodo. He's going to have a hero's death. And then that didn't happen. So throughout Two Towers, I'm watching it later on that day. And I'm saying the same thing. Like he's going to die in Helm's Deep. Obviously, he's going to die a <laughs> hero's death. And then... uh like I said, I read Return of the King now before I actually saw the movie, and I was like, wow, he, this is, like, it, it threw me for a curveball. Mm-hmm. So, I loved it. That's loved really it. interesting. Yeah, because I had read the books before the movies came out, so I never had this impression that they were, they were, they were never going to sell me that Aragorn would die. Hmm. Mm. That was just never going to happen. So, all these moments where they try to fake you out, I'm just like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This doesn't work for me, man. News for Doug. Well, they got me hook, line, and sinker, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like those moments are for the people that don't know the story. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. I had no idea. And they they help the they help someone who's not as invested in the source material to kind of get on the edge of their seat with everybody else mm-hmm. because they're anticipating, you know, is this guy okay? As opposed to, like, how does he come back into the story? You know, and the, like the the world building. And like the introduction of everybody, it, it, I was, I was pretty much, um, I was with the story from the beginning. It's not like Game of Thrones where, you know, you have to watch the first season two or three times to even like get the background and and the flow and how everybody Mm -hmm. is involved. But because um, the world building in Game of Thrones is like really front loaded. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, I don't know. Like I, I just felt that Lord of the Rings was more, is more compact like this is these people they live here that's those people they live there and they're fighting for that reason you know i, I don't know mm-hmm. i love lord of the rings <laughs> <laughs> us too obviously <laughs> yeah you poor poor people <laughs> this was self-inflicted <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this started as cuz originally when we kind of mentioned movies by minutes things Cassandra I wanted to wanted do to Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. Mm. Gary and Victoria beat me to it. Yeah. And I was just like, but what about Lord of the Rings? <laughs> wow. It's your That's fault. How it came. Because I'm not as invested in the, the whole Harry Potter fandom thing. I mean, I was I was there with the fandom as the books were coming out. Right. But mm-hmm. I've never been as invested in that story as I have been in Lord of the Rings. Mm. I, I was just saying, like, maybe that's because other things that I was reading at the time Harry Potter was coming out were much more adult-oriented stuff. So I liked Harry Potter, but I never got invested in it in the same way. Um, I, I'm far too old for Harry Potter. I was already... 
well, I don't know when the first book came out, but I mean, 97. Yeah. And I was reading I was, them as they were coming yeah. out after the, from the third book onward. I was the perfect age for Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. And I'm only a little older than you. Yeah. Mm. Well, 97, I was 19. Oh yeah. See, 97, 97, I was like seven. So yeah, I was nine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So perfect for you guys. So it's, yeah, it's like the generational difference. But I was already reading like Sherlock Holmes books and stuff at that oh, time. Oh yeah, I was reading like mm-hmm. wait like stuff I shouldn't have been reading. Yeah. But like I, I would read anything put in front of me at that age. Like when I started mm-hmm. reading Harry Potter, I was in fifth grade, so I was like ten, mm-hmm. eleven, right along with the like, main characters. Yeah. So. Like I had read the Three Musketeers before I'd read Harry Potter. Wow. I read like the Wishbone Three Musketeers. <laughs> no, like I had a. In my house, it still sits there on the, the bookshelf that my dad has, like, actual books on instead of mostly being put away. Mm-hmm. There's a copy, a, an unabridged copy of fel- of, uh, of Three Musketeers that I read when I was, like, in fourth grade. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> was a that nerd. a tough read? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, had, I read Gulliver's Travels in elementary school. Oh, God, I couldn't even read Gulliver's Travels when I was in high school. Like, I uh, <laughs> Maybe this just says a lot about the fact that I turned into such a procrastinating, useless student. You're but, not useless. Like, <laughs> when I was in elementary school, I had a high school reading level. Yeah. Hmm. It's because you weren't challenged enough as a young child. <laughs> Before I was in kindergarten, my parents used to buy those workbooks for kids. Yeah. And I hated looking at numbers, so I never did any of the math ones, and I just... <laughs> Took all the reading ones. Uh, and my sister did all the math ones. And lo and behold, my sister was a math major. Right. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's not too late. I got to start my kids on those. <laughs> yeah, dude. But like I was borrowing books from my teachers to read in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Because whatever they wanted me to read was just like so far below things I had already read at home. I know. I kind of wish mm-hmm. that I still had like the reading capabilities that i had when i was a young kid because i would just like go through stuff yeah i can't absorb things like that anymore i read i read order of the phoenix in less than 12 hours oh yeah i read all those harry potter books and i've only read them all once i love harry potter (laughs) and i literally just consumed them in less than a day lord of the rings is 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 harder to digest in one sitting because it's just like written so Mm -hmm. like differently than contemporary fiction I've definitely read the whole trilogy in less than a week before. My God. Wow. <laughs> I was making a big deal out of doing it in two months. <laughs> yeah. I was I was an incredibly voracious reader when I was a teenager. I know. I, mm. I want to get back to that. Like I read I read fantasy novels in like some fantasy novels that were like six hundred pages I'd read in like four hours. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Now all my reading time is taken up by podcasting. Yeah. All, all my reading time is taken up by work and being tired. And YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> I don't want to put forth the effort to read, so I'll just listen to YouTube content. You can listen to audiobooks. I, I actually, I can't. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Audio, I, audiobooks just don't really do anything for me. But the audiobook of Lord of the Rings that I have is so good because he does the voices. It's just very hard for me to get invested in audiobooks. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like this weird, stubborn, old-fashioned sense of books in my brain. Probably. Like, I don't even... I have so many PDFs of things, but I would always rather have a physical book because it's easier to read than a screen. A screen screen. is, like, harder on your eyes, too. And people are just like, oh, I'm in, like, Nook screens and Kindle screens have gotten so much better now, but I'm still looking at a screen. (laughs) Yeah. You want to hold the book in your hand. 
I want to feel the paper. I want to mm. smell the brand new book or smell the old book. Mm. Like I love the the feeling of paper in my hands and the smell of paper in my hands. I don't know. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, somehow we yeah, managed this, this to get this minute some... is super light. Yeah, but we managed to get some discussion out of it. So yeah, yeah. It's just just the beginning of a battlefield stare down. Aragorn There's only steps so forward. much you can say about like cute babies and ugly looks. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Aragorn separates himself from the line. Like, he's really taking control here. Yeah, he's in his element. Yeah. It's like, I was born for this. With elves. He doesn't yeah, want to command totally the men, because that's, that's like stepping on Theoden's. Right, toes. like, it's Theoden's job to command the men of Rohan, but Aragorn's just taking control of Haldir's squad. Mm-hmm. I hope you gotta... your men are mine now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta appreciate a, a leader that's gonna that's gonna do, not just order from like a mile away right, yeah like Denethor because Theoden <laughs> mm-hmm. gets right down in the nitty gritty of this battle uh-huh. so like I'm he's he's an example for his men to follow he's not just giving them blind orders right. and Aragorn is here to fight and he's giving giving orders but yeah this is all this is all good stuff yeah it's, it's amping up it's getting ready get to start ready. it's a good week. get ready but how will how will this fight begin I wonder hmm. <laughs> we'll find out so we're all from the website duelinggenre.com us here at Lord of the Rings Minute, we've got a Facebook listener group, Fellowship of the Mike. Go check that out. There's a lot of great discussion there all the time. You should also give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please. Or the podcast review choice. It really helps us out. And go five-star yeah, Rocky Minute while you're at it. Go find Rocky Minute and give them some good reviews, too. Yeah, especially listen. We have fun. Yeah, especially because they're coming back for season two. So. And uh, we're two-thirds of the way down our season two. Yes. We're here, finally. More, <laughs> you've covered more content than Rocky has, so, and you're not even, not even almost there. We're like halfway through our trilogy, minute wise, roughly. We're like, I, I, once we hit the battle at Helm's Deep, I know that we're like home free. We're just like coasting at this point. Nice. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot less to talk about in individual minutes as the battle goes on. Whatever. Yeah, you're probably right. More tangents. So fine. yeah, more tangents. Expect, expect both you more tangent filled know. episodes. <laughs> right? <laughs> expect more tangent filled episodes, but also more short episodes probably going forward. Um, I don't think so because we have like a bunch of guests. So. <laughs> yeah. And guests always make episodes longer, even yeah. when there's not a lot to talk about. Because mm-hmm. you, it's easier to go off on a tangent when I when I have a third person to talk to. When I'm not like glaring at you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not like, let's get back to the minute. <laughs> but my brand. <laughs> We need some semblance of order here, Jesus. No, I'm not a, I'm not a lawful person. I know. <laughs> we hope everyone has a great Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow to finish out the week with Doug. Everyone have a great day. Yeah, show them no mercy. Show them no mercy. <laughs> Bye. Bye.